It's a game that needs very little in the way of introductions, but seeing as this is a podcast about rally games, it's probably a good idea that I give it one. In this episode of Power Drifting, we take a look at the game that launched the Flying Scotsman into the living rooms of the PlayStation generation and kick-started one of the greatest rally franchises in gaming. This is Colin McRae Rally. Hello, my name is Tom, and I'm joined once again on another episode of Power Drifting by my co-host, Mike Phelan. How are you doing, Mike? You all right? Good afternoon, Tom. Good afternoon. Uh, it's uh, good to be here again, talking about one of the greats. Yeah, yeah. This one has been uh, a game that has kind of been... It's like it's like our Everest. It's been there looming on the horizon for so long. Mm. I, I, I kind of... Not pussyfooted around it, but I, I wasn't sure how to approach it because it's such a, a well-known and well-loved game. In the, sure. in the rally genre, that it almost feels like it's one of those games that it needs to be treated with, like you know, special not kid gloves, but um, a lot of respect, just because of how many people love it and just how well revered it is. Really, yeah. Again, obviously, we're talking about the uh, the great Colin McRae Rally. We're mainly talking about the PlayStation version of the game here. I know it was released on Windows. It was released on PlayStation and on Windows back in the mists of time, Mike. Back in July 1998 on the PlayStation in Europe and in January 2000 in North America, and then on yep. the on the PC in September 98 in North America in February 2000. We spoke about this a little bit just before we came on and started recording, but. We throw around these dates on this podcast, you know, 1995, 1996, 1998. I was thinking about this earlier on. 1998 was 23 years ago. And t- I don't know about you, but it seems like the blink of an eye. You know, it's just it gone does. like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're, we're both getting old and it just, <laughs> everything's molded into one sort of <laughs> long year. <laughs> well, yeah, especially with current uh, events happening. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just on that topic of 1998, I was thinking about this again earlier. I was like, God, I can remember the I can remember the World Cup. I can remember Michael Owen scoring that goal against Argentina. Mm-hmm. You know when he scored that wonder goal. Yeah. yeah. Um, other things from 1998, off the top of my head. Um, I owned an N64 at the time, so uh, a lot of my time in 1998 was taken up with um, the Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time. Sure. That game really defined that period for me. Obviously, it was before the Dreamcast had come out, but after I'd owned a Saturn. Were you a PC yeah. gamer at this time? I was, yeah. So, yeah, 97 to 99, I was just just uh, PC. So yeah. I would have been playing... Uh, it's 1998. If I remember rightly, July 98 actually was the same month that I won Letter of the Month in PC Gamer. Um, Is that when you won that I, steering wheel? I won a force feedback steering wheel, yeah, yeah. Which, funnily enough, I believe I did play with Colin McRae Rally. Yeah, because you mentioned this on the um, on the Mobile One Rally Championship episode that you'd won a, a force feedback wheel. And you played yeah. that, and you played that game with it as well. So that's that's cool. Um, so yeah. was your was your experience with this game first of all on the on the PC then? Yeah, I think I played. Uh, I think it was a demo, um, probably back in mid ninety eight. I presume, or, or late ninety eight. I presume. Um, yeah, I, I played it a little bit on the PC. For some reason, it didn't click on me on the PC. Um, <laughs> whatever reason it was, I think I, played, I was playing Rally War, Rally Championship, and, and other games. But um, I then, when I was doing my retro sort of revisits in the early 2000s i played on the ps1 and it it very very quickly became one of my favorites alongside uh toker mm. uh one and two 
Yeah. Interesting, yeah. Obviously, from the same developer, Codemasters. I love Codemasters. I've said it on the podcast before. Yeah. Um, I could quite happily live with Codemasters games only for the rest of my life and be perfectly content. High praise indeed. High praise. Yeah, um, as I say, I had an N64 at this period and then I went from the N64 to the Dreamcast. So I only came to this game a few years later, probably a little bit like yourself. And uh, yeah. I played it on the PlayStation. Uh, didn't really touch PC gaming back then. Um, I had played it at a friend's who had a PlayStation, but only briefly. And it did stick out to me just because of how good the car handling was. We will talk about this as we go through the uh, discussion on, on the game. Um, but yeah, that, that was the main thing that grabbed me about this game. I mean, it looked decent as well, but it was the it was so easy to pick up and play. It was yeah. like It's like the sole calibre of, of racing games. Sure. It was like yeah. easy to pick up, but you know, difficult to master. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's, let's talk about that in a little while. First of all, let's talk a little bit about the game's kind of lineage and history. It's worth mentioning at this point that we're only going to talk mainly about the PlayStation and the PC versions of this game. There was a Game Boy Color version released. And it was developed by a company called Spellbound Entertainment, and it was released only in Europe, and that was in September 2001, so quite some time after the, mm. the console versions. But yeah, we're primarily focusing on the, on the PlayStation and the PC version in this episode. So yeah, Developed by Codemasters, uh, published by Codemasters in in Europe, uh, published curiously by Sony in the United States. The game is based on the 1998 World Rally Championship, but doesn't actually have an official WRC license. And as you've correctly stated, Mike, uh, this game followed in the footsteps of Toka Touring Cars on the PlayStation. Was it on the PC as well, Toka Touring Cars? I'm sure it was. Yeah, it was, yeah. Sure. Yeah, I thought I thought so. Yeah, um, and it's it's curious actually that it's based on the on the fame of Colin McRae. Obviously, Colin McRae was a household name at that period, just because he'd been the the 1995 World Rally Champion. Uh, and I think we touched on this in our um, Dirt Five episode. But Tommy Mackinnon was the champion consistently from 1996 through to 1999. So. Why they settled on Colin McRae as the as the sort of the the celebrity endorsement for this game is is quite curious. Um, sure, but I, I can't really I can't really find out any information why, other than maybe it was because Codemasters was a British developer and they wanted to put a British yeah. rally driver on the front of the box. I don't know. I think so. I think or possibly something to do with the Subaru, uh, the Subaru uh, licensing as well. Obviously, the gate was it was prominently displayed on the front of the game, wasn't it? Mm. Um, but I, I think. Um, McRae was, we say his household name. I think people outside of the UK will probably think that we're we're talking rubbish because I think it was only in the UK that we um, he was a household name. He won Sports Personality of the Year in '95 or '96, I believe. Um, and really, it was it was the first time where rally personalities, rally uh, drivers, were as famous as he was. It was it was revolutionary to an extent. It really did make everyone in the UK suddenly a rally fan, which was. Um, quite a change, really. Just going off the influences of, of, of other games, and again, things we've mentioned. We mentioned this in our um, in our very first episode, actually, the Sega Rally episode. Um, the influence that uh, that that game Sega Rally had on on the making of Colin McRae Rally. Uh, I found um, I found an interview with the producer of the first four Colin McRae games, a guy mm. called uh, Guy Wilde. Uh, he spoke to Edge. Uh, this is in issue one four five. Um, and there's a feature called The Making of Colin McRae Rally. Uh, and he says in that interview that, um, I'll just quote here, so the basic premise for the game was based around the car handling in Sega Rally. Everyone who played it loved the way the cars behaved on the different surfaces, especially the fact that you could slide the car realistically on the loose gravel. The car handling remains excellent to this day, and it's still an arcade machine I enjoy playing, given the chance. He also cites uh, Screamer Rally and, quite oddly, I thought, um, Wave Race 64, 
as an influence mm. on on the car handling. So yeah, that's that's a uh, that's quite interesting. Sorry, can you hear that? There's a there's a motorbike outside, that's sort of revving its engine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a bit background to the podcast. Yeah, yeah, it's, also, it's either that or washing machine. So, <laughs> so yes, um, influenced by the uh, the great Sega Rally, the developers actually cite the game as a, as an influence. Let's talk a little bit about the, the gameplay modes that you presented with when you first start the game up. So you've got a time trial, you've got a, a single rally, uh, there's a championship mode and a, and a rally school. Pretty pretty standard uh, options within a, uh, in a racing game of the time. Yep. The, the differences that this game, Colin McRae, has over its contemporaries is that I believe it was one of the first console rally games to basically ditch the almost arcade style of uh, racing against other vehicles for a more realistic take on rally so it was basically point to point you against the clock and competitors who would do the same run whereas other cars like other racing titles of this type like v rally were mainly against ai vehicles and i think that's really what kind of stood this one apart it was going for a more realistic stance as opposed to an arcade racing game set in a rally environment speaking of environments there are eight in total and these are they you've got new zealand greece monte carlo Australia, Sweden, Corsica, Indonesia, and the UK. Now, there's six courses within each environment, and uh, these are based on the on the actual 1998 World Rally Championship. Curiously, though, and doing some in, uh, some actual research into this, Indonesia, the, the real rally in 1998 was cancelled apparently yeah. due to civil unrest. Mm-hmm. So, but it's interesting that they, le- that they left it in the game, maybe just to have some. Uh, you know, some variety in the different places that you could race. Yeah, I think Indonesia was a real popular destination for for all rally games in the 90s and 2000s, wasn't it? I think it's a jungle sort of setting, isn't it? Mm, yeah, very It's tropical. a different setting. Yeah, it's a very different setting than, you know, driving around Wales. Yeah, yeah. And, and interestingly as well, you mentioned, you say Wales, um, in, in the UK rallies, you, you've got places like the Forest of Boland, which... I mean, I'm sure actual rallies take place there, but they don't take place in the World Rally Championship. So it was, the, sure. I think, by not having an official WRC license, they had the um, they had the freedom to kind of flex the uh, the creative muscle, if that's what yeah. you want to say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, to to put some uh, some interesting uh, locations in there. The tracks uh, themselves, uh, they don't have variable weather or time of day. It's like kind of locked to the track, so you can't change the um, you know it to be snowy or rainy or whatever. Uh, but there is a good mix of of environments. So you've got you know your snow in uh, Monte Carlo, and you've got your, uh, your your arid Australian and uh, Greek Greek courses. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and then you've got your rainy and grey UK. Uh, and interestingly, no Finland, uh, which no. Uh, which was a surprise. And uh, just going back again to the real life 1998 World Rally Championship, Colin McRae retired on on the Finland course. I think on stage five, mm-hmm. uh, Tommy Mackinnon won it. Mm-hmm. So there you go, Rally Fact fans. Maybe it was that's why they didn't put it in the game. Now, <laughs> <laughs> bad memories for Colin, you know. <laughs> Uh, Vehicle-wise, you've got 12 in total, uh, and they're split, split across three different classes. You've got Super Impreza WRC, Mitsubishi Lancer Evo 4, Ford Escort WRC, Toyota Corolla WRC. Uh, those are the uh, WRC four-wheel drive cars that you can only race in the intermediate difficulty. If you choose the novice difficulty, you can only use these vehicles. You've got two-wheel drive, Renault Maxi Megane, the CIB for kit car Evo 2, the Volkswagen Golf GTI kit car, and the Skoda Felicia kit car. 
And it's interesting how they've split the difficulty stages here in this game. So basically, you've got two default difficulties. You've got novice and intermediate. And depending on which difficulty level you choose, there's only one block of four cars open to you. So for for intermediate, you've got the WRC four-wheel drive cars. And then for novice, you have the two-wheel drive kit cars. Uh, there's a further difficulty stage that you can open up if you win the uh, the championship with intermediate difficulty, and that's the expert mode, and that basically gives you all the cars, but it gives you four more as well. So you get the Ford Escort Mark II, the Ford RS2000, the Lancia Delta Integrale, and the Audi Quattro uh, Group B cars, mm. uh, which I have unlocked and do find them to be quite... Uh, quite unplayable to be honest i prefer the uh, wrc cars or the kit cars don't know about you mike yeah i think i think one thing is it it stands out from that list of cars is that it is an iconic list of, of rally cars every single one of them is an iconic in rally games and in in rally in itself but I, I think the format they've done in terms of the novice difficulty level and the medium difficulty level or intermediate sorry um is is very much it's it's a natural it feels like a more natural way of doing difficulty levels Mm. Um, I know about you, but I always feel when you have games that sort of stick difficulty levels in that are just they seem they seem unorganic. Whereas in here, it does seem like it's it's a more natural thing where you have the slower cars and the obvious difficulty levels. And I think it was probably the first game that did it like this. It, it sort of set the tone for rally games, didn't it? Uh, yeah, I can't think of another example where it, the difficulty level locks what kind of vehicles you use. And it, it, in some ways, it's quite an imaginative way of doing things because the two wheel drive kit cars do handle. I mean, all the cars in this game handle well, but the kit cars, are, they're a little bit slower, they turn a little bit faster, and they're just um, not as easy to slide around. Yeah. And it's nice, It's a nice introduction to the to the game. It's like, you know, here you go, get to learn the controls, and then once you've played, you know, in the novice mode for a bit, try the intermediate, and then that's where the real fun starts when you get into these, like, four-wheel beasts, four-wheel drive beasts, that you can literally power drive around corners power drift around corners because that's what they're designed to do even in the even in the manual it says you know these cars are designed to go around corners sideways you know yeah. the, a racing line is not a thing in rally games you need yeah. to basically get around corners sideways and these cars do it excellently with the ex, with the exception i find of, of like the things like the lancia delta and the Audi Quattro, because they just—I think they're just a bit too fast for this game. Yeah. They're not really suited to the sort of the pace of the of the stages. I find, which is a, a little bit of a um, of a letdown when it comes to you know bonus cars. You, you you'd think that they'd be actually better than the cars that you get to start with, but in this case, they're actually not. <laughs> so it's probably best to stick with the uh, stick with the Impreza, to be honest. Indeed, that's on the front of the box for a reason. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Cool. Okay, uh, let's move on and talk a little bit about the uh, the different game modes. The main game mode here that a lot of people will play, as with most rally games, dependent regardless even of the um, of the generation that it's played in, is is the championship mode. And here it's it's about as basic and standard as you could probably get. You essentially start. Where do you start? Is it? It's New Zealand. You start in. You start in New yeah. Zealand and you work your way through the different courses. But you just basically do every every stage. In sequence, you get a service area. But after every two stages, you can repair your car, carry on, and it's it's pretty it's pretty basic. There's no kind of like a crew management or anything like that. I mean, obviously, this game is as we said earlier from 1998, so that kind of stuff wasn't really a, a major feature of rally games of the period. But you know, as a championship mode, it's it's fairly serviceable, does the job. Yeah. What I found is that. Um, Colin McRae usually wins everything. Mm-hmm. And even though this game doesn't have the official WRC license, it does have all the real rally drivers from the time. So you'll generally get Colin McRae will finish top usually. 
Um, you'll get people like Richard Burns in there. I can't remember if Tommy Mackinnon's in this game or not. Colin McRae generally finishes first, and this led me to a little bit of a, an existential uh, mystery. Because when you are racing in this game, you have Nicky Grist as your co-driver. Yep. Who's Colin McRae got as a co-driver? Nicky Grist can't be in both cars. That's very... Oh, you see... See that's not yeah. Well, maybe it's Nicky. Maybe it's uh, Nicky West's sort of like long lost brother, um, <laughs> and sort of you know you sort of uh, yeah you you blow my mind a little bit there, Tom. Um, <laughs> unless he like hops out, yeah. unless he hops out at the end of like Colin McRae's run and then just runs over to your car. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe as well as the the standard uh, championship mode, you've got a thing called Rally School, which I actually thought was really well done. So Rally School is. Almost like a play on the Gran Turismo, earn your earn your medals kind of thing, earn your license. You don't need to do it, but it's nice just to sort of ease you into the the mechanics of the game. And it's um, <laughs> the way that it's presented to you is actually really quite cool in a sort of nostalgic way because you, your tutorials are delivered via this like CGI rendered TV screen, complete with a, a VHS machine, and then. The, the videos will play on the TV screen, but they'll fast forward and rewind with like the interference lines that you used to get on a VHS. Yeah. And you'll get Colin McRae himself kind of delivering this um, very kind of flat, dour <laughs> yeah. tone of of, uh, of deliverance of this um, of this tutorial. But you know, it, it just it's just really cool that they've actually got him to do it. You know, it's actually Colin McRae giving the um, tutorial, and I think this is where they got the idea to shoehorn in the the beat Tommy section from Tommy Mackin and Rally because they've tried to do the same thing with that but it's just nowhere near as well done and Tommy Mackinnon just doesn't want to be there you can tell from the uh, from the voiceover whereas here at least uh, Colin McRae is actually putting some effort in The aim for this task is to drive in a clockwise direction around the cones laid out in front of you try to keep as close to the cones as possible and use the throttle brakes and handbrake to give a smooth run here you will begin to learn to slide the car to gain a tighter circle Right then, start off when you're ready. That was good. Hey. Nice one. Let's talk a little bit about the aesthetic of this game, so the visuals and and sound. Now, um, another element that um, while they mentioned in his uh, the making of interview with Edge is the way that the mud splatters on the effect, on the cars, and, and apparently this hadn't actually been done before in a console rally game. This was, this is the very first game that had this effect, which is is quite mind blowing when you think about it because we just kind of take it yeah. for granted now that the cars will get dirty as they go through the through the mud and through the courses. Uh, and this is what he says in the interview. He says we had this idea very late in the development of the game, and it would never have made it for the original planned release date. There were many discussions about what we should do, and it was decided that it was an important feature to include and also gave us some more time to spend playtesting the game. It was finally implemented in a quarter of the estimated time, and as far as I'm aware, was the first game to include this feature. For me, it's small details like this that add to the whole immersive experience of the game, and I feel sure that in some small way it added to its success. I 100% agree with that. The only games I really had played at this time when Colin McRae came out were things like Sega Rally, and I think I'd played V-Rally on the N64 but at this point as well. And I don't think either of those... I know Sega Rally doesn't, but I don't think V-Rally does either. I don't think either of them have vehicles that accumulate mud or dirt no. as you're racing. 
I mean, I know that's only one small part of the whole kind of aesthetic view of this game, but it's a mm. it's a very it's a it's a very important detail, uh, and that's why I kind of yeah. brought it up first of all. I think for rally games, yeah, rally games, you need to have that. You need to feel like you are battling the environment, don't you? Mm, totally, yeah, yeah. And I think um, just as an overall as an overall package, the game, I think the game delivers so much because it's got a very kind of muted color palette, and it looks. This is going to sound ridiculous in this day and age, but it actually looks realistic. You know, it is yeah. it is about all kind of grey skies and you know fairly kind of muted colour palettes of you know the countryside and yeah, it's it's rough. It's rough in terms of I don't mean rough in terms of it's it looks it looks poor. It's rough as in it it feels like a rally game. It feels like you are driving this sort of slightly unspectacular in terms of no, no sort of like showiness to it. It's not Formula One. You're racing in these environments, and it, I think the PS One graphics much maligned nowadays in terms of the how pixelated they are it, it suits the game perfectly oh i totally agree um see i played this game yesterday and it was initially in my mind the, the pixelation of the of the of playstation games actually i think i prefer it to like cleaner games of that period yeah. to like things like n64 it's like blurry textures i actually yeah. prefer the sort of pixelated almost bittiness of the graphics because it actually looks more realistic in a certain way. I don't know if that yeah. makes sense. No, it does, yeah. When Colin McRae was pointed to the PC when it all looked very clean and very angular, it just didn't have the same it didn't have the same visual kind of appeal, I don't think. It was the sort of the slightly there's no way I can describe it, but grittiness of the pixels, yeah. you know, of the pixelated floor and and the trees and everything. You know, it all just looked a bit off, but in some way just more kind of I just have massive nostalgia for it. Yeah. I don't know why, because I never had this game when it was contemporary, but I can still picture in my mind what the game looks like. And when I play it now, it, it looks exactly as I remember it. A bit yeah. a bit rough around the edges, but just iconic with that, you know, that blue, the blue Subaru with the yellow flashes on it, yeah. um, or whichever vehicle you use, really. Um, I just think it's a really nice looking game for its, for its time period. You know, it's one of those games where they did go to the, go the extra mile by... Uh, Adding in like you know a fully three D rendered interior view for pretty much all of the cars. I don't think the bonus cars have interior views, but no. all the other cars do, complete with some quite crudely modelled driver hands, which mm-hmm. you know famously, yep, yeah. I mean they look a bit naff now, but I mean yep. they even went to the to the trouble of you know having the the guy change gears, you know the gear stick and that kind of thing. Yeah. So it looks a bit crude, but it's 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 well done and it's very indicative of the of the time period. Yeah, even little details like the head, like the um, windscreen wipers go in, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's also very sparse as well. It's a very sparse game. You play it nowadays. The environments you'd race on are very sparse, mm-hmm. which is um, I really like that. It reminds me a lot of the what the WRC official WRC games did on the PS2, when the environments did. You did feel like you were really just being dumped in the middle of the wilderness and, and told to drive, which is which is what I want. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. No, I do as well. I mean, that's what I want for a rally game. I want to feel yeah. like, I'm, I'm, it's, you know, we've said this before many times, but it's you against nature, really. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that kind of still surprised, it surprised me at the time, and it still does to some extent now, is these um, these courses that you race on, they're actually quite interesting in, in, in certain places because a lot of the times you will be, it's just, you know, there's a track. Um, you might be in like a little bit of a, like a sort of a, like a gully, or a, you, know, you can't really drive too far off the um, off the beaten path. But what it does do is it's quite forgiving in that it will let you meander off the course. You can drift onto the edges. You can there are trees at the side, and you can sort of drive through them. But there are other areas where you kind of find yourself in these kind of wide open like meadows or fields. Mm-hmm. And if you, I, I've not really tried to drive as far as you can, you know, either left or right. I'm sure eventually you'll come to a 
you know, an invisible wall or something. But there's some quite wide open areas, and in some in some uh, places, the, the, and I, this will always this will always stick with me. I remember the first time I ever played this game, and it was at a friend's house, as I said earlier on. There's a, there's a there's a sequence where you drive down into almost like a sort of a quarry, and there's piles of like aggregates or whatever it is at the side, and there's like diggers and stuff, and you're actually driving through them. And think, I was thinking to myself, this is awesome. You don't yeah. get this in Sega Rally, you know. You're yeah. driving, you know. There's no barriers at the side of the tracks. It's just like all open. And I just thought the freedom that you, you were given as a as a player in this game was just. Was kind of unprecedented at the time. Yeah. So yeah, it's a it's a very good looking game for the for the time period and um, just the sheer amount of uh, variety really in the courses and the times of day and the weather everything like that. It was just it was just really refreshing. I mean, sound wise, music pretty unremarkable. Mm. Uh, as we said earlier, you do get the uh, the dulcet tones of Nicky Grist as uh, Colin McRae's real world co driver in this game. I think he does a good job. Yeah, iconic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one thing I did notice is that the the directions, uh, the 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 pace notes uh, are the other way around in this game. So in a, in a lot of more modern rally games, the lower the number for the cornering, it, it means uh, yeah. the, the tighter it is. And I know there's no universal kind of um, rule on whether it should be one way or the other because it can be either way. But I, I just found it odd going back and playing Colin McRae now with a modern head on and knowing yeah. that the 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 severity of the of the corners is is reversed. So a two is is like a sort of a very gradual bend, whereas a five is like a almost like a hairpin. Yeah, I think they did that. I I think that was the first. I think the first few Colin McRae games might have done that. You know, thinking Mm. back, I think I think I'm 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 thinking of even like up to Colin McRae three, maybe even four. I'm sure they might have done it as well. Um, I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and like I say, I I did look into this. There is no, as far as I can tell, there is no sort of hard and fast rule. It's just that it's kind of been adopted more uh, widely that that that's the way it should be done because more people now see it that way. Again, not a massive expert on uh, on real life rally. Although I did watch the highlights of the Monte Carlo rally the other day. Did you see that? I did see the very small part. Yeah. Yeah, some amazing crashes on there. I was like, me and Kel were both watching it, and there's one where he goes off the side of the track and it smashes into all the trees, and we both went, "Oh!" Yeah, yeah. it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so um, yeah, I, I like that. I, I think this sounds pretty good. Oh, and another thing as well is this. I think it's one of the first games I noticed. Anyway, I think Toka might also do this. The further the further you position the camera from the vehicle, the audio of the engines changes. So yeah. the closer the camera is to the vehicle, the louder the engine sound. Also, when you're inside the vehicle, you get more of the um, sort of the the gravel flicking against the sides of the vehicle. I think Codemasters, um, right the way up to to dirt, the first dirt game, they really mastered the sound in these games. Um, they they made it they made it sound really realistic and really sort of. I, we're going to use that word again. We used it twice today already, but gritty. It sounds it, the entire game sounds gritty, but it sounds realistic and it sounds uh, it sounds uh, pretty good compared to something like Sega Rally, which only came out you know a few years before this, which is is um, is not quite so uh, detailed. Let's say. I always think that Codemasters racing games, the engine sounds have like a certain sound to them, and especially from this period in time, this like PlayStation mm. era. And I, I'll try and describe it. Obviously, we'll put some audio clips in this episode so you can hear what I'm talking about. But there's almost like the en- you've got the sound of the engine, but then there's almost like this kind of like a there's like a whine that that plays inside that sound. And it's mm. I don't know if it's like the intercooler or the turbo of the car that they're trying to like recreate or recreate, but 
it's a very distinct engine sound, and all the cars in Colin McRae have it. The, the Toka Touring Cars uh, engine sound sounds like this as well. Mm. And it's just very indicative of Codemasters racing games at that period. We will call out from now on the Codemasters hum. <laughs> yeah. Not to be confused with the, the Bristol hum. Exactly. Uh, that's, something, that's something entirely different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that, now it sounds dodgy, but it's, look it up on the internet. Look up on the internet. Bristol Hum. Let's move on to the star of the show. We've talked about the visuals and the sound and all the different things you can do in this game. The star of this show is undoubtedly the vehicle handling. Again, inspired by Sega Rally, but the blueprint for a lot of other uh, rally titles since this. And uh, going back once again to uh, Edge 145, get me money's worth here, mate, out of this, uh, this magazine, um, <laughs> out of this uh, making of Colin McRae. Guy Wilday, he says in this interview um, that it was important that people could pick the game up play it and enjoy it immediately. But at the same time, we wanted to provide growth for the more experienced player to be able to find special nuances in the behaviour of the car. We wanted the player to feel that they were driving a real rally car, but at the same time, we were very much aware that we wanted an enjoyable game and not a hardcore driving simulation. Yeah, perfect. Perfect. It's a perfect summary of the way this game plays. It is literally one of the best handling rally games, bar none, still to this day. I remember when WRC 7 came out a few years ago, and one of the things that people kind of um, like lauded it for was the fact that the handling model kind of ditched ones that had gone before it and that it was much more like Colin McRae. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that sticks with me because I do remember thinking it was really good. I actually I put a sort of a little, not a review, but like my impressions video up on my uh, YouTube channel that nobody ever looks at. But um, that video got quite a lot of comments and people kind of agreeing that it does actually feel like an old school Colin McRae game. And that speaks volumes to me. Yeah. The, the fact that you can just pick this game up, as the guy said, play it and enjoy it without having been, you know, ha- without having any experience of dri- driving games or rally games. It's just an, an amazing accomplishment. And obviously, it does, as we've said many times on this episode, take a lot of inspirations from Sega Rally. But that's very apparent here. And it almost refines the Sega Rally experience. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think it's, uh, what is important to note is um, I've mentioned this on a podcast before that. I understand people saying that, that rally games feel unrealistic, but again, we must remember this is a PS1 game, and most people who played these games were would have been below 16, 15 years old. It was it was very, very much a, a formative game for people. Mm. And I think that a lot of people who criticise you know, how games aren't realistic don't understand that the most important thing about any video game is how fun it is. And Colin McRae Rally manages to, to make you think you are driving a rally car, with handling that clearly isn't based on on well, it's based on real life in terms of the fact you turn a wheel, but mm. it's not it's not realistic. It's just for fun. And I think yeah. that's I, th- I think when games start doing that, any any racing game, any game at all really, but any game which which remembers that that it has to make you think you're driving something. Uh, one of the great quotes for I think it was Dirt Five um, in one of the reviews said that it's a great game for making you think you are the best racing game driver ever. And I think Colin McRae Rally is the first of the games which did that uh, rally-wise, is that it makes you feel like you are driving a, a high-powered racing car through these environments. Um, and it's it's all about the fun. And I think it's it's really important that 
Sega Rally did this as well. The Sega Rally is so unrealistic, it's unbelievable. It's not, it's not realistic, obviously, but that's not the point. The point is, it's it's fun, and I think that's what this game does so well. I couldn't agree more, to be honest, Mike. For me, the, the handling model in this game is, is practically perfect, yeah. and the fact that it you know it formed the basis of the, you know the rest of the Colin McRae series going forward, and a lot of other games took cues from it. And if 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 a rally game, if you picked up a rally game, and it didn't play like Colin McRae. It was just like, what's this? I can sure. remember playing. I can remember getting Richard Burns Rally. This is a game we'll cover in another episode, I'm sure. But I can remember getting Richard Burns Rally, having recently played something like Colin McRae 3 on the Xbox, getting yep. Richard Burns, putting it in, starting a rally and going, my brain does not like this. Yeah, great example of a game which which went, oh, we're going to make it realistic because we, we, we want to be sort of like cool. It's <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm being a bit over the top, but I mean, it's when you, when you forget about the fact it's a game first and a simulation second, then that's when games have problems. And I think uh, it's it is it is it's a genre defining experience, um, the handling in this game. You know, it's nice when you can pick up a game and start playing it and it's actually fun and enjoyable. It makes you carry it once you want to keep playing it. So yeah. obviously over the course of this past week I've been revisiting Colin McCurley in, in preparation for this episode and I thought you know I've not played this for a while but I'll, I'll, I'll bang it on and, and start playing it and then before I knew it I was on, I was in like the fifth country on the championship because I was just enjoying playing it so much and like you know a few hours had gone by and I was just like yeah I don't feel like I'm I don't feel like I'm like wasting my time like right. some games you just they feel like a chore to play like this is probably sure. gonna, this is probably going to sound really like um, this dismissive, but that new game that and it, it's a totally different style of game. So I don't know even know why I'm bringing this up, but that you know that new game, the Medium, yes, it came out on the Xbox uh, on Game Pass this last yep. week, and I've tried to play it about three times now, and every time I just I get bored and I just stop playing it. But with yeah. the Great Rally, I put it on and I was there for like I was just transfixed for about three hours, you know. And yeah. this is that just what does that say? Really, I know it's a different type of game, but you know. Yeah, but it's not, is it? I mean, it's you know, what's incredible, I think, about all this is the fact that this is game came out in 1998. It's 23 years ago. 23 years before this game came out, um, the height of of gaming was Space Invaders. In 23 years, the amount of development was huge, and I think at this point is when the, the turning point came to an extent. I know there were simulation games before, but there was a turning point around this end of the end of the 1990s when every game had to be realistic. Every game had to be, I suppose, serious. Seriousness was a lot heavier in games. And I think... It's the term Crane, po-faced. Po-faced. It is po-faced, very much po-faced. <laughs> I think there's a lot of games where you sort of just, you just feel like they're doing this tick boxes or to just make you think that, to always, almost make you bored of what you're doing. Colin McRae Rally doesn't do that. Colin McRae Rally remembers that ultimately, you know, despite everything that's gone on since, Colin McRae Rally is basically an offspring of Space Invaders. Um, it is <laughs> it is a game which is just based around fun. It's based around enjoyable gaming. Um, and it, it is, I, when you said about Sega Rally and, and how the developers had, had said how, how how much they'd modelled it on Sega Rally, how much they'd been inspired by Sega Rally, 100%. And I think they also mentioned Screamer Rally. Very similar yeah. as well in terms of just being just being fun, colourful, although in Colin McRae's case, slightly dour colours, but it's a sort of a colourful, fun and exciting game um, and not one which makes you think that you've got to you know, pass a test or, or get some kind of license to drive it. It's not all. It's not all about serious racing, though. And uh, well, we say serious racing, fun racing. There are some uh, excellent cheats in this game, and uh, the, oh, yes. in some ways, the cheats are, are more well known than the actual game itself. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, these are mainly entered 
or they're mainly activated by entering your name on the names enter screen with various different combinations of uh, odd words. Uh, but some of them w uh, I've got here. I'm not going to give you the cheats away. You can look at them. You can look for them on on the internet. But some of the cheat modes are actually quite interesting. So you've got things like uh, wobbly cars. So the cars are like made of jelly. Um, there's low gravity where you know, the cars are really bouncy. Uh, there's floating cars, which are where the car wheels kind of fold up underneath, like the Back mm -hmm. to the Future DeLorean, yep. uh, where it, uh, the, uh, the the second film. Yep. You've got things like uh, rear wheel driving. I think that's known as forklift mode. One of the most interesting ones, uh, one of the two most interesting cheat modes, is uh, the 60 frames per second mode, where basically what the game does is it reduces the the draw distance and turns off a lot of the um, like the smoke effect. And I think some of the on-screen displays well, and I'm pretty sure as well it disables the in-car view. And I don't know mm -hmm. if that's because the in-car view is rendered at 30 frames a second and they couldn't make it 60 frames. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. a programmer, so don't quote me on that. But I think that's what it would have been. Um, but basically, it, it, it boosts the, it doubles the frame rate from 30 frames a second to 60 frames, which is it's quite nice to be honest. Yeah. Pretty cool, yeah. And the fact that they did that and, and added that as a cheat mode, you might think, well, why didn't they just make that the, the standard mode? Well, as I said, it, it kind of reduces a lot of the trackside details, that the draw distance is reduced, all the smoke effects are, are taken away, water splashes are taken away. So that's probably why. It's actually interesting to note as well that Sega Rally 2 also has a 60 frames per second mode, which does pretty much the same thing. And whether or not that was included as an homage to this, because this was an homage to Sega Rally, sure. who, could, who can say? Sure. You know, I'm not going to say one way or the other, but it's interesting that Sega Rally 2 also has a 60 frames per second mode, as does Colin McRae. Mike, the uh, the most famous Easter egg in this game, would you like to explain to the listeners what that is? So, yeah, so the most, well, I say most famous, it's uh, a very well-known Easter egg in a game, is there is a, um, there are certain special stages when you activate cheat code where you will be abducted by aliens. Um, in the style of, of numerous 50s and 60s alien abduction reports. Um, and it's it's interesting. I mean, I mean, I think the game has a, a very British sense of humour. Um, it, it, a lot of games around this time from British developers, I'm thinking like you know, Team 17, Codemasters, they all did these kind of like slightly wacky, um, slightly madcap Easter eggs and, and cheat codes. And uh, Colin McRae does that. It's a, in a, the first in a long line of this series doing things like that as well. Um, maybe not so much in recent years because of a slightly more serious tone to it. But uh, yeah, it's it's. I remember the the screenshot. I, I probably would be PC Gamer magazine. I imagine back in in late nineties when it showed it. I mean, instantaneously, it became one of my favorite games just just because of that. Um, yeah, I remember seeing. I remember seeing it in the uh, in the free. It was in the free play section of CBG. Yep. And it, I, I remember looking at that image and thinking, "Is that is that real? Is that is that one of them April? Obviously, it wasn't an April Fool because it was it wasn't in the April issue of the magazine because CBG were no. weren't well known for doing April Fools and jokes. But I was just like, "That is so cool!" Because I believe what you yeah. need to do is you need to activate the night mode cheat and then. When you do that on certain tracks, some of the side roads will be like unblocked. Yeah. And if you drive down them, the engine will cut out and the lights will go off, and then an alien UFO will come and sort of beam the car up. And I think it's—is it played on? Is a famous case from the U, from the US where a couple were um, abducted in the sort of in the fifties or sixties. I believe it's a play on that. Yeah, Betty and Barney Hill. Yeah, that's so that's it. Yeah, most famous description of, of alien abductions in the in the sixties. I think it would have been. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so it was. It's. Obviously, it was very much at the peak of X Files 
uh, fanship as well at this point, you know. Oh, good point. Yeah, so good it, was, point. it was very much that. But also, uh, <clears throat> again, we're going back to something which we always talk about every podcast because of the fact that we are so obsessed. Uh, the Dreamcast is a game called Speed Devils, um, and one of the, one of the stages on Speed Devils is uh, Air Fifty One. Yeah, and I always remember the first time you see the UFO. Uh, spoiler alert: if those of you who haven't played a twenty-four-year-old racing game, twenty-two-year-old uh, <laughs> racing game, sorry. Um, there's a, a stage where you see the, the UFO, and, and the first thing that came to my mind when I first played it was. It's like Colin McRae, yeah. which is uh, says about the last, the last in effect of a, of a, I'm sure, just a, a minor Easter egg the game had. Right, Mike. The time has come to uh, give our uh, our thoughts on this game, our final thoughts, and uh, give it a score out of 10, as we are want to do on this podcast. But before we do, I've got some professional reviews from uh, from magazines of the period. The first one is a review from CVG, issue two, 201. And it's a 2001 then. It's issue 201 from August 1998. That's the one with the Banjo-Kazooie cover, famously. Ed Lomas wrote, In any other game, racing along roads on your own would be incredibly boring. But in Colin McRae Rally, it's about as enjoyable as video games get. The handling of all the cars is magnificent, the courses are brilliantly designed, the graphics and sound are very similar to Toka Touring Cars, i.e. excellent. Colin McRae Rally has the best car handling yet in a video game, and CVG awarded it 5 out of 5, or it's a high 5, because they have that, that hand thing, the hand system uh, for scores. The second review I've got here is from the official UK PlayStation magazine. This was supplied by my friend Martin, who is a PlayStation magazine hoarder, uh, fanboy, expert, <laughs> take from those descriptions uh, what you will. But he sent me uh, a screenshot of uh, this review from Steve Farraher. Steve says, this is uh, issue 35 of the official UK PlayStation magazine, it may not take the genre to greater heights, but it pushes the boundaries of the off-road racer to somewhere near Gran Turismo. Racing fans must buy it. And uh, this game was awarded 9 out of 10 and awarded with a star player award. So, time for us now, Mike, to give our verdicts. I'll let you go first, as I always do. Uh, what's your verdict? And a score out of 10, please. Yeah, so I think it's a perfect continuation of Codemasters' fantastic gameplay, right the way from the Micro Machines games on the Mega Drive. It has fantastic looks, and it plays well now, which is, is even better. Um, I give it a 9 out of 10. Didn't you say that Micro Machines was like your favourite game of all time or something? Micro Machines 96, I will um, happily have in my coffin when i die uh, just just because it's the greatest game ever made and i will fight anyone who says it's not <laughs> wasn't expecting that. i'll have it in my coffin yeah oh, oh yeah brilliant. you know, sort of grave goods grave goods tom you what know, about your, um, with the things what about your entire like dreamcast collection what's gonna happen with it? i can imagine the size of your coffin is gonna be like yeah like i'm selling i'm selling a dreamcast collection to pay for the funeral <laughs> Oh god! Um, well, I'm not obviously. But. <laughs> um, my verdict uh, I, again. I echo everything you've said and everything that was in the reviews. I just think it's a, a magnificent rally title and one that obviously has a far and wide inspiration for even like modern rally games. It's just like a yardstick. It's the benchmark, isn't it, of console rally games? Yep. And for the fact that in modern day that games are still being uh, likened to it, if they've got decent car handling then that just that says it all really so yeah it, it's for me it's an absolutely stellar example of a uh, console rally game and for that reason i give it like you mike i give it a nine out of ten 
so yeah nines all round so yeah that'll that'll pretty much do it i think for this uh this episode of course uh no discussion of a game as important as colin mccray valley would be complete though without a final word about the great man himself uh anyone listening to this podcast will undoubtedly be aware that colin mccray along with his son and, and two others were tragically killed in a helicopter accident in 2007 and it was an incident uh that shocked the world really but in this game series as we've said that still continues to this day with Dirt series and the Dirt Rally series on the current gen and PC Colin McRae is remembered quite rightly as, a, as an icon of the sport really as an icon of motorsport yeah but I think and I think through this game actually he's actually an icon in video gaming as well I want to clean it up indeed yeah on that somber note then it just remains for me to thank you our listeners for listening to another episode of Power Drifting uh, and to thank you Mike for joining me once again in the virtual cockpit yeah, if you if you like what you've heard, and I'm, I'm talking to the listeners now, Mike, not you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you like. <laughs> if you like what you've heard, please consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes or a subscribe on YouTube because you can find our episodes on there now as well. Uh, or indeed, uh, give us a follow on the old Twitter. Uh, it's at PowerDriftPod. And uh, we'll see you out on the gravel in the next episode. Goodbye. Goodbye. Finish!